Hi, and welcome to Total Rewind, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast where we take a look at movies 30 years and older and see if they still hold up. I'm D-Man, joined by CP. CP, on this Total Rewind, I'm going to throw it over to you. Go ahead and uh, tell us how you're doing and introduce the movie for this week's show. Well, as D-Man said, everyone, I am CP, and I am really excited. We are watching an 80s classic at this point. There's so many 80s classics, you know? They really are. What makes this an 80s classic is this is one of the greatest action movies ever made. And from 1987, the movie Predator. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Withers, Jesse Ventura, directed by John McTiernan. I don't know how to say that. John McTiernan? I think that's Um, it. That also makes sense why you're wearing the attire you're in. Uh, yeah, this is as commando as I'm going to get. <laughs> He's all camoed out. Hat, shirt, armband, ready to go. Ready to do my best against the Predator, which I will die instantly. So just for the record, everybody. Really quick, I, I wanted to say upon rewatching Predator, and I'm not going to lie, I actually haven't seen this movie in a while. It's been a second. One of the things that really stood out to me about the movie was how little dialogue there is. The Filmmaking itself relies on the atmosphere. They do a lot of coverage shots, helicopter. They do a lot of that type stuff. And a lot of people looking around, even the Predator looking around. I remember there being more since there are so many, you know, there's kind of iconic lines that come from this movie, but they may be as iconic as they are because so few lines were spoken. (laughs) And I think maybe that's part of the reason why as an action movie, Predator is so memorable because there's really not, I mean, the story's very straightforward. There's not a lot of time of, of dialogue and watching people do anything other than shoot guns and fight Predator. Or most of them died a predator, but that's it. And that's kind of what we want. Yeah, and then maybe some explosions and other stuff. Yeah. Not a whole lot else. The predator does quite a bit of killing. I mean, let's face it, he literally puts objects through people, he rips people's arms off, he actually shoots things and kills people. He's he's quite a predator. He's a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a bad mamma jamma. So in addition then, I guess, to the lack of dialogue, I also was surprised we got a little bit of the uh, Jaws ambiance here. We did not see the Predator anywhere near remotely as much as I remember, or as much as we see him in other Predator sequels and Alien vs. Predator and all that. He actually is is seen very little here. It's pretty much only the third act. It's kind of weird in the sense that Predator doesn't even really appear until, you know, kind of a third of the way through the movie. And in that case, he's cloaked the entire time. And we don't see him because he's invisible. Well, on that note, you know, one of the things that's fascinating about this film, because there is so little dialogue, but there's so much action, it's actually carried by a lot of the effects. Mm -hmm. In this case, like you mentioned, the invisibility effect of the Predator, him able to move around, and we kind of get that, I don't know what you'd call it, those like waves, you know, Mm -hmm. that just kind of tell us where he is. There's a great scene where he kind of walks through water, and he's invisible, but the water moves you know, his interaction with the elements, but not only that, the gore aspect, you know, people getting their arms ripped off, people get shot, all kinds of things like that. I, I thought the effects held up surprisingly well because they are mostly effects from their time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I guess that's kind of a, you know, simplistic statement. All effects are, but you know, they weren't pushing boundaries here. I didn't feel like so much as they were just using the tools that they had. Cause there's a few movies like, you know, Terminator two, right with the T-1000, obviously that effect was originated there or in the abyss, but, you know, they were really pushing boundaries with that. They were moving into the future of effects with that movie. Here, I didn't get that sense that they were trying to break any new ground so much as 
All right, what, what's in our arsenal? And let's see if we can unleash it in a fun way. And I think part of that is, despite the fact that this is very much a science fiction film, from the filmmaker's perspective, this was first and foremost an action film mm-hmm. set against the background of a sci-fi setting. And I think using that distinction is kind of what kept them in, let's make this be a very practical effects heavy movie in terms of blowing stuff up and shooting people up, those type of yeah, things. I mean- Well, it's wild because, yeah, I mean, of course, if you were to make an action movie today like that, a lot of those effects would actually be CGI Mm -hmm. or they would be CGI aided. Like you might have some stuff, but you're still going to add in particles and you're still going to add in, you know, you might enhance some effects and grade it and do all this stuff where, you know, here, I mean, a lot of what they're doing, it's very practical. It works, I think, to its benefit because it gives the film a sense of grittiness. Like I remember at the end when Arnold is covered in the clay and Mm. I was thinking like, You know, every shoot day he had to do that, (laughs) you know, and I'm thinking as like as a filmmaker, having seen actors, you know, really get into a role. I was like, I wonder if that was like uncomfortable or fun for him. I don't know. I've never heard from him. It's funny. I did some research on it. And apparently for the cast, they said Shooting Predator was the hardest movie they had ever worked on. So much of it was out in the jungle. I believe mud with leeches. And I read something where the final sequence where Arnold is covered in the mud fighting the predator took them like three weeks to shoot. Yeah, that's too much. Insane. I mean, I, like to, uh, as an actor, I mean, obviously you're getting paid good money, but I mean, you got to be covered in that mud. You're wet because the conditions were wet. There's scenes where they're in water, this and that. I think, you know, I don't know if they actually sent anyone over a waterfall. <laughs> that might have been an effect. A good one if I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, being out in a jungle, I could imagine that taking a toll on the actors, but in a weird way, probably informing their characters because it, sort of gives you that same irritable vibe it probably is to be a soldier out in the jungle. Right. I, I don't know. I thought that that all worked really well. As far as like the team goes, right? The team that's dispatched to go investigate. Obviously, Arnold is kind of the action movie star, prototypical, you know, super buff guy. He has that look. Obviously, he's got the iconic accent. You know, usually he gets the iconic lines, I think. You know, as you mentioned, Carl Weathers and Jesse Ventura, so it was, it was pretty cool to see all them together. I don't know that there was like a massive amount of chemistry because I, I guess a movie I would compare it to where I thought the chemistry was great was Aliens, mm. the second one with like Bill yeah. Paxton and they got all the characters and you're like, oh, this is a good team, like a yeah. memorable team. I think this team was more memorable because of the actors than necessarily like the on-screen interaction, but I yeah. still found it fun. On the note of acting, I think we need to acknowledge that this film is the most political movie ever made. What? We have two governors in the same action movie. (laughs) Jesse Ventura, governor of Minnesota, Arnold Schwarzenegger, governor of California. How do you get a more political movie than that, man? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny because I don't know if any of them knew at this time that they would even get into (laughs) politics. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Pretty funny, right? That's wild. What's even weirder is as a team, the really the team dynamic is is not a big part of the story. It's That's what these, I was getting at. These yeah, guys in the jungle getting picked off kind of one at a time. The only real sort of chemistry that we even look at is this history between Carl Withers' character and Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. They have this They're past together. Yeah. Dutch feels betrayed down the line. I know. And then Carl Weathers comes out and he's like, I don't care. 
And I was yeah. like, oh, damn, like you guys have all this history together and he trusted you to come on this mission. And now you're like, I don't, I don't really give a shit. Thought that was funny. But something that stood out to me as well, upon our conversation, pre-production meeting about this episode, you mentioned that the movie was kind of split into thirds. And this was, you know, fascinating to me when you broke it down this way, because I was like, oh, I could totally see it. So do you want to expand on yeah. that? So first of all, aside, I think it's funny. I was doing a little research on how, like who came up with the idea for the Predator film anyway? I believe it's the Thomas brothers who wrote it. They had heard someone say after the release of Rocky Four that the only person who Rocky could possibly still have to fight would be an alien from another planet. And so that kind of <laughs> planted the seed and they're like, okay, like what would this look like? This badass alien coming down to fight this macho American fighter. Predator was born because of that. But That's it's cool. very funny because when we look at it from a story perspective, the first third of the film is a purely action movie. It is a military action movie, blowing yeah. up rebel camps, flying around in, in helicopters. And, and I don't even this, know if you see the Predator. I, I think you see a ship early on and that's pretty much it. Yeah, they find like some wreckage or something, but. The second half or the, the second third, I'm sorry, oh, is yeah. totally <laughs> a horror movie. It is the commando team in the jungle being hunted and stalked by the Predator. And then finally, when Arnold's the only guy left, we get the sci-fi portion of the film, which is Arnold fighting an alien. We see the alien really clearly in the final act of the film. And I always thought that was kind of an interesting thing in the sense that the movie is three very distinct genres. And I don't think we ever think about that. I know subconsciously, I just watched the movie, but I didn't notice it. But once you brought it up, I was like, oh yeah, I can totally see it. In that way, it's fun because if you were to define this as one genre, I would say action, hands down. And there is action throughout. But now that I think about it, it is fun to see the filmmakers and the, the writers kind of toy around with these different genres, you know, within a genre having fun that way because yeah especially i think probably the most fun section for me was the middle one where they're getting picked off yeah. you know that was yeah. the one where the predator's like up in the tree and we're getting the infrared special effect where he can like see heat signatures in the jungle yeah and like yeah all this stuff I, I don't know i really enjoyed that section that was probably my favorite one i love that scene where uh, bill duke's mac just like starts leveling the the jungle. Oh yeah! He picks up the minigun, and you're like, Jesus. he's like, let's go. Yeah, I'm just, like, someone's out there. If you if you didn't get it, then man, I would just run because you're not gonna get it. <laughs> Yeah. Tough going, man. You know, none of them really made it out for the most part. Spoiler alert. You know, you mentioned that we finally get to see the Predator. So I wanted to know, do you think the Predator himself is worthy of the icon status that it has now from this film? Was it a great introduction for the character? And do you think the effects on the Predator, the actual costume and makeup and all that holds up? Uh, I think it holds up incredibly and I think it's totally worth it. And I think they do a couple things really well in this movie. First of all, by making the Predator square off against Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know he's a bad dude. Yeah, I mean, that's us bringing our baggage to the theater. But yeah, if he's squaring up with Arnold, we're like, oh, okay, here we go. And originally, the plan for the Predator, I don't know if you knew this when you were doing your research, the original plan for the Predator was it was actually going to be Van Damme. He was no, supposed to be know. more of a martial artist, stealth type assassin. Van Damme in martial arts? Really? <laughs> but the problem was <laughs> Van Damme couldn't do the choreography he needed to do wearing the predator suit oh, the other okay. thing was because van damme is a, a little shorter they said he just didn't look imposing enough 
So when they brought in the actor to actually play Predator, he's seven two. So he's a big guy. They oh, thought that's that huge. He brought the presence that they needed to really feel like this was Arnold himself. Yeah, he's not small. I mean, I, he's six something. I think like maybe six four, something like that. Like, I mean, he's a big dude, but he's not like you know huge. You know, Arnold next to maybe some people in the NBA. You're like he might still look kind of small, but. For the most part, I mean, he's a pretty big dude. So, I mean, you got to, if you're going to beat Arnold on size, you're going to have to go significantly bigger. They picked Kevin Peter Hall. That was the actor. He's significantly taller. They thought that brought the, the levity to the situation. I think the other great thing is at first we don't see the predator. Then we see the predator with the mask. And the moment that he pulls that mask off, you're like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, he just drops it too. He's like, F this thing. You're just like, what? The mask looks so awesome. It's kind of like very reminiscent of like a Darth Vader mask. You're like, oh, I'm not mm-hmm. going to mess with that dude. Then he pulls it off and you're like, I definitely don't want to mess with that dude with his messed up face. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know. It's in the puppetry's really good on the mask the way it moves or, uh-huh. or his yeah, face moves the, once the mask comes off yeah, yeah he's got like the little like snarls on the edge of his mouth and like all this yeah. different stuff it was pretty dope i mean what's interesting to me too though is that this movie as a standalone film works on its own but it really kind of spawned an entire franchise around this character the predator who later you know obviously for a while he's the antagonist but he's even been positioned in comics and some alien versus predator and some other stuff as potentially a protest. <laughs> no, you, so, I think I think you're right. That all comes back to this initial scene. And one of the shortcomings in something like Predator 2 is no disrespect to Danny Glover, but you just don't see him being able to go blow for blow with Predator the same way that we believe that Arnold could. And he barely even makes it out. Yeah, right. You know, at the very end, they have that little, they like repeat their lines to each other and then he blows up. But I mean, Arnold barely made it. He basically yeah. was like about to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see the introduction again. Obviously, I, I can't say that I've seen all the Predator sequels and Alien vs. Oh. Predator. And- oh, I have. Yeah, this so is the I, best by far. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I can't speak to where this fits in the, uh, the whole chronology of the franchise, but I enjoyed it. I mean, it was pretty cool. Something else I wanted to talk about is the director, John McTiernan. Yeah who would go on to direct Die Hard. Isn't that insane? He did Predator and Die Hard. Two of the greatest action movies ever. I mean, honestly, I think Die Hard is in the conversation for the greatest. It probably is. I mean, it's up there. It's funny because he brings a sort of a, a grittiness to both almost like, you know, these could be real places, you know, Nakatomi Plaza and they're in this jungle. They feel like the way they use the environments, you know, where they're at, I think works really well for the screenplays. That's something that is never lost on me here. It really does feel like they're out in the jungle. It doesn't feel like they're on a backlot universal pretending they're in a jungle. Or, you know, like the new Jumanji where they're against blue screens and there's a CGI jungle around. You're like, no, I mean, it really does feel like they're out there. But it was crazy because, you know, he's a person that I ended up doing a little research on prior to this episode. And I didn't realize he got into a whole bunch of like legal trouble later. It doesn't make movies anymore. I even dug that deep just because I was like, I wonder if he's made anything recently. 
crazy when you think about some of these these epic movies he was involved with. It's also interesting, the producer on this film, Joel Silver, mm-hmm. you know, has produced stuff like the Matrix movies, Commando, yeah. the Lethal Weapon films, again, totally instrumental in so many of the great action movies from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. This was, was his project as well. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, of course, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, this is a great pit stop in his career. I, I don't know. What do you think for Arnold? It's tough because I think his most iconic role is still probably the Terminator. I think it has to be. But I think that this has to be up there as one of his most memorable performances in a movie. Yeah, I mean, this, it's so weird because even in terms of Arnold being quotable, he's very quotable in a lot of the movies that he's in. You know, even something like Kindergarten Cop stands out to me. Who's that, your daddy? You know, yeah. <laughs> Who's your daddy and what does he do? But here, I mean, you've got another iconic Arnold line. Get to the chopper. Uh, sorry for my Arnold impression. But, <laughs> you know, and then obviously we have Terminator, which is, you know, I'll be back. Yeah. You know, all those. Terminator is like infinitely quotable. Terminator 2 particularly. There's just so many, but I think I'd have to say for Arnold, what was his kind of pinnacle? And I'd have to say his star was shining brightest at Terminator 2. Yeah, probably. That's my favorite Arnold film. I think that's when he was probably in the 90s was when he was just at the max. He was a movie star. A-list. Arnold was one of the biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird because it's been a long time since I've seen Predator, since I've seen Conan the Barbarian. I've seen him. You know, Conan, he might even have fewer lines than this, you <laughs> yeah, know, right. he just walks around and looks like a badass, but you know, it works. So something else I wanted to ask you about, and we could have done this, but we didn't, we did a total rewind, but I just wanted to get your opinion. Did you see the Predator remake? You mean the Predator directed by Shane Black? Like 2016? Yes, I did. Do you think that was even remotely close to this? No. And in my opinion, I think that what makes this movie so good is the fact that This very much is a a Jaws-type experience with the Predator. We know he's there. We don't see him much. We see his effects, and they're horrifying. As the series progresses, we see more and more of the Predator, and I think that loses some of the allure. Interestingly, do you think if you are familiar with Alien and Predator and all that, let's say you know what they look like. Maybe you have an action figure on your mantle, you know, or your bookshelf. If you watch this movie, do you think that effect is lost? This kind of like, we don't see him for a majority of the film? Or do you think it still works and is maximized for the story that it makes us feel how the characters feel? Because what I'm asking is, do you think if you're already familiar with it, right? It's kind of like watching Stranger Things season one and it's, you know, they're withholding what the Demogorgon looks like and then after you see him you're kind of like oh you go back you're like is he as scary as i imagined him to be before i didn't know or do you think it lives up to it i think that's a good point and that's probably one of the other shortcomings of the later films right already been revealed we know yeah, what the predator is and you can't, you can't do it again you can't unring that bell yeah i don't know it's just an interesting because kind of like jaws like we all are familiar with what a shark looks like so it's not like we're all waiting on pins and needles to see what the shark looks like it's a great white shark really i get it you know it's used to great maximum effect to create anxiety within us because we don't know where it is and there's this sense if you've ever been in open water where you can't touch the bottom you really don't know what's underneath you or what else is out there with you you know i feel like that's kind of what they were going for here in the jungle you know you're kind of like we don't know obviously going into the film we know the predator is an alien how do you think 
all the sci-fi elements tying in here because they I kind of thought that was maybe a little bit of a weak point. It was kind of like time travel and Terminator, just a plot device, but doesn't really have much bearing on anything. And that's probably one of the biggest criticisms you can have for the film. It's the story mechanism to explain how this badass dude is taking out all these commandos. Oh, he's an alien from another planet. We don't know much about the history of the Predators. There's really no arc other than he shows up and starts trying to hunt people. And so I think that that is a shortcoming of the film right? Like they never get into, and maybe they just, the simplisticness of the story just was like, hey, let's not even bother. But we don't even know why he's there. We don't know why he's hunting these people. It's not even like he's like a monster in like the Demogorgon. He like eats them. I'm like, I don't know why he's hunting these people. You know, there's kind of not really any exploration into the sci-fi, which I think leaves us with more questions and also lends itself very strongly to a potential sequel. (laughs) Very true. Very true. As far as it being like a standalone film i found that to be a tad bit of a weak point this whole sci-fi element to me felt more like a plot device than really thought out that to me felt like something that like when we lived back in indiana and we had a sony handycam we had access to the woods and like a halloween store and that would be like the type of plot that we would come (laughs) up with yeah no. like there's just this alien and he's hunting people you know yep To me, it was like overly simplistic and didn't explain a lot. They were able to do it really well with having the actors, the environments and the effects really brought it to life. But the plot in that way to me was just not unique. (laughs) That felt like something that like kids could come up with to me. I can see that. I can see that. There's there's no why. And uh, I guess you don't you need know. need why when you're just watching. Yeah, I mean, you if know. you got the effects team to make him look as cool as he does, you're kind of like, I guess I don't care. That to me was like, you know, I, I could have seen us doing like a high school project or something. <laughs> you know, yeah. all these other kids are making their story about being depressed. And we're like, oh, no, we're going to do this big action blockbuster in the woods behind CP's house. <laughs> could totally see that. Did we do something like that? We infected <laughs> We just might have done something like that. So, but I don't think the audience is ever going to get to see that one. But yeah, maybe on a throwback, something Thursday. close enough happened. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> us in the woods and a mysterious guy's running around. <laughs> Changing subject before you get the idea to release some some old films here. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Does it hold up or not? As an action film, yeah, I think it holds its place well in the '80s, particularly as an overall like action film. I found it a little, I guess, not predictable, but kind of, I can't think of the word. I don't know. I just found it formulaic, Mm, you know, a little bit like, hey, I I like the conversation point that you brought up about how they're playing around in different genres. Once I was aware of that, I was like, okay, it's actually a little bit more subversive than I thought upon initial viewing. Upon me rewatching it, I was like, you know, it kind of goes exactly like I would it would go. Military team gets dispatched to go handle mysterious deaths. They get picked off one by one and there's a final showdown with an alien. I was like, no surprises there. So <laughs> yeah. the action was pretty cool though. I think it holds up. Overall, yeah, I would say the movie holds up pretty good, but it doesn't to me, it just doesn't hold like that classic status like a Terminator 2 that really kind of pushes boundaries and takes takes something into a totally new experience. So I think, yeah, does it hold up among action films? I do think it does. But just in a general sense, is it going to be on any of my top lists? Probably not. Um, I think that's a good way to say it. And I agree with that. Is this a movie that I'm going to recommend to my mom or my sister or watch on a date? No. Is this a movie that I got nothing to do on a Friday night? You're hanging out with some friends? Totally watch Predator. Yeah, kind of. That was the vibe I got. If you love the action genre, then you have to watch this film. I think it's, it's 
near the top. If you just like movies, then maybe pass on this one. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's just so many offerings now, especially with everything we have streaming and television that's out there. I'm like, oh, you know, it's a it's a tough decision these days where back in the day, it was like, how many VHSs can you fit in a drawer with no cases, of course. Yeah, yeah right. And uh, what's on TV and can I go to the theater? So if that was the case and in your drawer, you had Predator, I'm like, of course, you know, that's great. But I'm like, yeah. oh shit, you know, with all the streaming options and stuff, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be tough. You know, I'd have to be with the right people, like you said, and be like anybody down, but it was cool. I, I really enjoyed rewatching it to all of our listeners. I hope that if you haven't seen Predator at all or recently, that you'll uh, get out there and give it a viewing. Obviously, we tend to say where it's at if we know, and this one is on Amazon Prime. So if you're a Prime member, you can watch it. Or if you want to go rent it, it's probably like three bucks or something. Or coming to my house, I have it on the Blu-ray. Yeah, there you go. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts. Does Predator hold up? Is it a movie that's worthy of an entire franchise to be built around? Because... It is. (laughs) And uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review on our uh, podcast directories and leave comments. Helps us boost engagement. CP, I'm going to throw it over to you. Dude, Carl Weathers is actually a really good actor. I don't know why I'm bringing that up now, but I'm like, considering that he was like a football player and this is an action movie, he's pretty good in it. He's even better in the Rocky movies. Anyway, that's a side. On that note, thanks for hanging out and talking about Predator with us. Stay away from Predator 2 because, well, that's just the worst movie ever made. On that note, (laughs) keep watching movies, except for Predator 2, and we're going to see you back here next week.